What is up? Coming to you live from the jungle, the home of our little tiger. It's time for Dre's Geek Philosophy Podcast, the January 25th edition, episode number 209. 209? 209. I think it's 209. It says so on the Facebook Live, but I've lost track. I know it's correct on the Facebook, but what's going on, everybody? It, it was a very a, a very busy weekend for us here in the jungle, taking care of the little tiger. Rawr. But while I was uh, busy with the tiger yesterday, uh, I, I, I noticced on Saturday night that Wonder Woman 1984 was leaving HBO Max uh, yesterday. As of midnight last night, it has been removed. And I learned from a, a friend of mine who works in the movie industry that that... that Apparently, is some sort of deal between uh, H, uh, Warner Brothers and uh, the movie theaters that they're they're allowed thirty days to do that, and then I guess it's going to spend the rest of its time still trying to be in theaters. And I'm sure the home video release will be upon us soon. They're going to try to sell it to everybody, or those of who, those of the people who liked it, or the few apparently. Yikes! Because uh, yeah, it, it it came out on Christmas. And I had seen, as we, we spoke a few weeks ago, uh, a lot of people were taking healthy, big craps all over this movie. I had seen this many times throughout the past month. So uh, once I, I thought, honestly, I didn't know about this 30-day thing. I, I, I'm surprised a bigger deal wasn't made about this 30-day exclusivity. And like, or it, it, it puts a sense of urgency on me with, after yesterday's trailer reveal of Kong versus Godzilla. I was like, all right, cool. I better make sure <laughs> we find time to watch Godzilla versus Kong ASAP before those 30 days are up. I go, yeah, I was just very laissez-faire about Wonder Woman. I will watch it when we watch it, when we when Tiger's taking a long nap. But it was like, nope. I, I had yesterday to watch it if I wanted to talk about it on the show. And uh, it, was, it was Daddy Daycare yesterday, so me and Ty was watching it in 15-minute in intervals. Maybe that made it easier for me to watch. But you know what? Uh, did you hear that? That was, uh, mm-hmm. that was loud. Sorry. The, Ty is uh, uh, not wanting to sleep right now. He wants to sleep, but kids. He's so tired he can't put himself to sleep. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's complicated. Those of you with parent, who are parents, you, you know what I'm talking about. But yeah, I, I watched the movie, and um, honestly, the way everyone was speaking ill of it, I was expecting it to be a giant train wreck and at the end of the day it, it's just uh, average movie it, there was nothing to me very offensive about it uh, many of my friends they, like, they didn't like the plot or the pacing or the or as Rolando you, you noted uh, that the lack of 80s music uh, which I might agree that that probably was a, a shortcoming uh, the, the distinct lack of, uh, of soundtrack uh, how could Warner Brothers who has an entire record label in their freaking house uh, how could they uh, have dropped the ball so bad I'm sure they have some 80s music they, they've proven with, with the, the Suicide Squad the, the first Suicide movie they, they, they had access to to a soundtrack I, I don't know maybe they didn't want to spend money licensing since they knew maybe there were 80s songs in it but they decided to drop them when they put it to a, a streaming only release because they knew they weren't going to be able to recoup the costs of the, that, that that would be the my speculative reason but I watched the movie it was yeah 
I've always said uh, Wonder Woman's kind of like the, the MVP of this whole uh, DC expanding universe. Uh, you know, her, I mean, her acting ability isn't top notch, but you know what? She's there to be Wonder Woman. She's there to be awesome. She really, she she looks the part. <laughs> she plays the part. <laughs> I mean, or I'm not asking her to win an Oscar. I'm asking her to be a symbol of hope and be strong, and uh, Gal Gadot nails that part. I mean, I, I, I don't know, but but I guess there was a consensus that Christian uh, 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 Wig and uh, Pedro Pascal stole the movie, and, and yeah, they did. Uh, Pedro Pascal, I, I, I've been a big fan of him even before The Mandalorian. I thought he was amazing as Prince Oberyn in, in, in Game of Thrones. I, I thought he was, uh, I thought he was great as the, um, one of the bad guys in a Kingsman Golden Circle. Uh, and obviously, he, he, he's been made a big star now because of, of The Mandalorian. Uh, I haven't seen Narcos, but I, I am motivated to want to go watch Narcos now. Um, just because he's so good. Yeah, Narco, yeah, exactly. So, uh, seeing him in this movie, he, he was great. And then I'm a little biased because Maxwell Lord is one of one of my favorite villains in the, in the DC comic book universe. And I, I feel like... They did a, a, a decent job. It wasn't like a, a perfect job there. There can never be a perfect job of translating a villain from uh, paper to, to screen. But he, 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 did a, he did a great job of um, embodying everything that kind of Max Lord is, except for the whole fatherhood thing. Now it's coming inserted. But uh, Maxwell Lord is very much an amoral, do anything to get what he wants. I, I liked how they, they twisted his power because in the, in the comic book, Maxwell Lord... He had he, he had the metahuman gene where he can convince people to do whatever they wanted, and that's how he was such a great businessman. He could just he would tell you to do something, and you had to do it. And then his side effect was that uh, his nose would always bleed a little bit every time he he pushed somebody. Every time he's like, "Oh no, you have to listen to what I'm saying." In the comic books, uh, the, the the craziest thing he ever did he uh, he mind controlled Superman. He, he basically had Superman at his beck and call. <laughs> like he he had gotten into his head so bad that. Uh, just giving him a few passwords, and then Superman would just be like, I will do whatever you say. It was to the point where, ironically, Wonder Woman had to break his neck to, to free Superman. Uh, uh, yeah, in the, in the comic books, Wonder Woman had to kill him during this one very pivotal storyline where Superman was just going, like, Maxwell Lord had triggered him and sent him on a, on a crazy rampage where Superman was going crazy and Wonder Woman was trying to fight him. And it's like, I can't, can't stop Superman. I'm like, oh... They found out, oh, it's Maxwell Lord controlling him, and and uh, she made the fateful decision to snap his neck, to to to, to snap Superman out of it. <laughs> uh, it was uh, it was crazy. So I, I thought it was very uh, ironic that he would be one of the villains in this Wonder Woman 1984 movie, and they, they really pushed the whole 80s thing. So yeah, I, honestly, I'm a little bit. I, I feel like that's why I was able to look at this movie with a different. Uh, nerdy comic book eye than I, I think most people did, yeah. and, and it, it certainly helped that one, one of the screenwriters is one of my favorite comic book writers. Like it's one of the guys who helped write the movie, Jeff Johns. So I kind of saw all that. Everything okay? Or... Well, more, more bottle. So yeah, it, it, it just it was just very odd to me where I was like, it, this is a, a middle of middle of the road. Superhero movie. It, it, it's not perfect. I'm not going to sit here and say it's an amazing movie. It was not epic, but you know what? 
not every comic book movie has to be uh, Avengers Endgame or Avengers Infinity War. They're not all going to be these amazing epics. They're going to blow everyone away. You know, sometimes they're just going to put it out. And oh, one, of, one of my friends on Facebook had said, you know, after you know that first Wonder Woman movie, uh, like I see expectations really high for them to put out kind of a to put out an average movie as a follow-up to that first movie. Okay. Sometimes that, that's what happens. You, you, they, they, yeah, I, I'm guessing that the Jeff Johns was just wanted to tell a funny story and the, everyone else went along with it. Or, or not a funny story. He told like, oh, fish. He wanted to do his wish. He wanted to do a Wishmaster story with a man out of time story combined with Wonder Woman losing her confidence. <laughs> it just uh, it was okay. I, again, like I said, I, I expected oh, like Halle Berry Catwoman levels of bad here, but. There, there, like, there was nothing to me that was overtly offensive that I was like, oh, where I, I did not cringe during the movie. I, I've done this in other movies. Like, uh, I, I like to say I, I'm very easy to please when I'm watching a movie, but there's certain things that, uh, in certain movies where I will just be like, nope. I, 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 there are things that will cause me to check out. Uh, one, one of my friends, she said uh, uh, the way they portrayed... Uh, Kristen Wiig's character in the beginning that's what caused her to check out because they did a lot of the typical I'm a really nerdy person I don't know how to walk oh look at me I'm spilling everything I'm just a klutz they did they did that trope and I guess in my mind I'm like if, if this movie's set in the 80s I'm going to expect it to play out like a crappy 80s movie so it, it was just uh, I just chalked it up to lazy screenwriting <laughs> And I moved on. I'm like, all right, I'm sure there's more to go. It's a two and a half hour movie. Uh, I, I, I feel like they probably could have easily cut 15 minutes and no one would have noticed. They cut, cut like a minute here and there throughout those two and a half hours, get it down at 2.15, Would uh, No one would have seen the, the difference. Like those additional 15 minutes of weird exposition or walking like there's a few extra minutes of them flying around in the invisible jet that you probably could have just like I said in the hands of a better editor it would not have probably felt as long and again for me it was different I was watching it maybe like 20 minutes at a time while taking care of my son yesterday <laughs> he was frequently grabbing my uh, my PS4 controller and exiting out of the app <laughs> if I wasn't paying 100% attention to him. If I was like watching the movie a little too much, he'd be like, oh, he's not looking. Let me get this controller I've been wanting to grab. <laughs> circle, circle, circle. <laughs> Our boy's a scamp. Uh, so, yeah, that, that was how I spent my... And then I, I, it was weird. I felt like I was having to defend my stance. I'm like, oh, it, it was just okay because I had posted that, oh, it, the movie's going away. I better I better watch it. And people told me, oh, you're gonna wasting you're gonna waste two and a half hours of your life. Oh, here let me save you two and a half hours of your life. It sucks. And again, I, I gotta see it for myself. <laughs> I, I'm not especially in an instance like this where it's I can't just rely on other people's opinions. So, well, I, I'm not gonna watch it. Or even if it was bad, I'm still gonna watch it because I need I need something to talk about here on Monday. But. It wasn't that bad. I mean, it could have been better. Yes, I think that's what I feel like that was being misconstrued in me saying that I enjoyed it, or uh, it's like it. I can watch an average movie. I grew up in the eighties. 
I can sit through an average movie. Believe you me. <laughs> I can sit through a dog of a movie. A movie has to be really, really bad or has to bother me in a very direct way. Like, they're, 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 like for example, was it before before the podcast so 2016 I, I had done a movie challenge where I watched we've talked about this movie challenge many times here on the show where I watched the 300 it was 2016 so 366 movies because it was a leap year in 366 days and believe you me there were some bad ones in that one but I I sat through a, a bunch of bad ones to, to, to get to the goal but there were certain movies where I would start them, and I got to a certain point, and I'm like, I would just tap out. And the one that I get, I feel like it surprised a lot of my friends when I would tell them, uh, like, oh, like that's, oh, was there anything uh, you didn't watch? I'm like, there was a, a specific movie which apparently a lot of my friends really enjoy, but I did not. It's it's an old uh, movie called What About Bob <laughs> with a uh, Bill Murray and Richard Dreyfuss. I got about. 15 minutes into that movie, I was like, nope, I can't do this. Nope, this is, this movie is not happening. And I'm, I'm sure it, any of you watching right now are probably going, really? That movie? That movie's hilarious. I, I, I think as I'm getting older, I cannot tolerate aggressive incompetence or deliberate incompetence it, it, I, I'm chalking it up to me getting old and getting tired of my my level of tolerance I can only take so much aggressive aggressively unintelligent or aggressively ignorant people <laughs> I, I that, that movie was I was like watching I'm like no I'm not gonna enjoy I can tell right away I, I, I'm not gonna enjoy this and I had to stop it I was just like nope like it I, I am not, and then again, this is not a value judgment on people who like this movie. I'm sure there's plenty of people who enjoy that movie, but I was like watching Bill Murray just annoy the fuck out of Rich Drivers, and vis a vis me for an hour and 20 was not going to be my cup of tea. I was like, nope, I, this is going to make me angry. When a movie makes me angry, I can't get through it. Another movie where I got angry yeah bill murray isn't invincible no yes exactly there, there yeah there's some people who will hold them up on a pedestal and I, I agree he, he is a national treasure but in that movie he, he was aggressively incompetent and anno aggressively annoying and aggressively incompetent like maybe 20 years ago i probably could have watched that movie and laughed my ass off but 41 year old ray is not or at that point even 36 year old ray was not going to put up with that shit uh, another one where I was like, let's see, another genre that I don't like is movies where there's, there were an integral part of the movie is gambling. There was a few of those where I watched during the challenge where I, I sat through it and I didn't like it, but there was one that really got me. Well, because uh, it, was, it was Will Smith and Margot Robbie in Focus. And I had, I had to tap out. I guess I, I, I guess I tapped out at a, a, a crucial moment with, uh, Will Smith's character is taking bets on every single play of a football game and he just keeps losing and he keeps doubling down and it's just I, I have this weird aversion to gambling which is ironic because I watched a couple other ones like The Gambler yeah I, I can watch poker 
No problem. I love watching poker. Yeah, see, like Riot Talk, you see? Rounders, that was fine. Rounders was fine. Poker. That's all. You're playing a game of chance, but you're you're playing the people or whatever. In this, I was just watching the. the whenever I watch like self destruction, like there was a Mark Wahlberg, uh, the gambler. I guess it was a remake of an older movie. That one was that was a rough watch. I I got through it simply because ah oh, man, I'm already in it, and I like laughing at Mark Wahlberg's accents. That that's what carried me through that movie. <laughs> the, there was another one. I can't remember, it was like the Mississippi Grind or something. And then there was another actor or two I liked in that one. And I just kind of sat through it. But watching Will Smith just like self-destruct. And um, I, I, I remember I talked to, I probably talked to Jai later about it. And he said, oh, you tapped out the wrong time. You should have just hung in. I'm like, I couldn't hang. I was just like, nope. I was like, I, there, there was one, that was one of the many executive decisions I made throughout the movie challenge where I was like, nope, I'm stopping this movie. I'm going to search through DirecTV and find something else that would be, that, would, that, that I would hopefully enjoy. Uh, another example of something that's universally loved that I did not like was... The Nightmare Before Christmas. And, you know, I, I had never seen it up until 2016. It had been around forever. I even have a, a, a Disney story how that movie was a pain in my ass. It was a pain in my ass, but I had, I had to pull a miracle on my butt when that got re- whichever version was released. But So I'm like, okay, cool. I own the movie. I, I, I got it from Disney when I was working there. I had never seen it. I, I popped in Night Before Christmas. I watched it, and I was just like... What? How do people enjoy this movie? Like, it's funny because I kind of already knew the plot from playing Kingdom Hearts. But I'm watching the movie, I'm like, is everyone just enabling this asshole? <laughs> I think that's where, how, how I felt about that. I was just like, everyone's just kind of enabling him, and he's just ruining the town. <laughs> And I guess, I mean, Nightmare Before Christmas grows on you. I, it grows like a fungus or a moss <laughs> or a virus. And, and I, get, I love the design of freaking Jack Skellington. He looks so cool. But that movie, I was just, I, I, I got all the way through. It wasn't, wasn't that long of a movie. Tina, now Tina's out. But yeah, that one was one where I was just like, no, I like I just didn't I I didn't get it, and that offended many of my friends. And I was like, when I put out my tweet, I'm like, yep, didn't like this one. Don't know why. I mean, I don't understand why other people like it. Um, <laughs> again, more power to everyone who loves it and rocks their Jack's guns and freaking tattoos or their backpacks or their entire wardrobe or their car stickers. Cool, but it just. That was a not for me, <laughs> not not one not one for me, and then you know, so, so lastly on this little on this topic, uh, another one that um I thought I was gonna like but I didn't because like, normally oh like Kevin Smith yeah, we all know big nerd dude uh, the, uh, there was one I watched it was uh, it was the one from like that that, that spawned from his podcast uh, Tusk. Uh, like, like the, I guess I, I remember the, the, cause I remember the campaign for that where he was just like uh, I forgot like walrus yes or walrus no where he was telling where he, he put out a part of the script and then he left it up to, to Twitter 
to decide if he was going to pursue this movie and like, and 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 and, and, and make it, you know, like, and then Twitter's like, yeah, go ahead, Kevin, make the weird walrus movie. And yeah, it it, it popped up. I, I think I, I I either had it on uh, on Netflix or on Amazon Prime, whatever service it was on in 2016. And and I watched it, and it just. Uh, that was one of the ones uh, I think I, was, I put. Do not watch. Just don't watch this movie. I, or I, where I was telling people, that I felt like I, I'm being the asshole this time. Where I was like, we had 2016 drivers. Nope, this is a do not watch. I'm like, I, I don't ever. I, I will never watch that movie ever again. That was uh, uh, literal torture porn. <laughs> yeah, uh, the the only way I can recommend that movie for someone is if you don't like Justin Long and you want to watch him suffer for an hour and a half then go watch Tusk go go find Tusk on whatever service you, you can find if you want to watch Justin Long just in pure suffering and agony if you want to see Michael Parks be incredibly sadistic and psychotic Walrus yes if you want to have a normal life Walrus no it's, it's odd and such a weird choice uh, uh, ironically, the, the the second movie that was related to it, Yoga Hosers, I enjoyed that much more. Watching a bunch of sausage Hitlers get killed. That, see that? I could get behind. <laughs> Watching literal Nazi sausages get squashed by hockey sticks. By, by uh, Kimmy Smith's daughter and Johnny Depp's daughter. That was fine. <laughs> Ralph Garman being a weird Nazi scientist. Totally okay. But Walrus Torture Porn, I it was just nope did not like he <laughs> it was it was not not good see i just wanted to be able to prove that i can not like movies i i generally enjoy most movies i i i am a movie watcher i like to i i like to watch movies i like to be entertained like i uh, I, I was uh, texting with a, a, a previous co-host, Pete Molina, yesterday, and I, I felt like I think the, the, one of the fundamental problems with people being able, unable to enjoy cinema nowadays is that, that, that people can't suspend their disbelief anymore. I, I, that, that, that is a core component of enjoying fiction. We're, we're, we're watching fiction. And I, I've had this argument on the internet several times where it's like fiction is the absence of rules like being able to fly you're defining the laws of physics when, when, when people criticize realism in a work of fiction that, that's where I just get angry <laughs> like, how can you criticize the realism yeah over explaining seems to be a requirement. Yeah, exa exactly. No, it's like, you, we don't need the physics. In Star Wars, physics don't matter. <laughs> In comic book movies, it doesn't matter if it's Marvel or DC. The laws of physics are irrelevant. <laughs> Everything in these movies flies in the face of realism. <laughs> a man with his underwear on the outside flies into the sky. 
Why? Because he can. I don't need to know that he has a rocket engine up his ass, or I, I, I don't need the physics of it all. You will, uh, the, the, the tagline from 1977 or 78, you will believe a man can fly, Superman flies. People used to not question this shit. It was just like, oh, he flies. Cool. What else is there? Tell me more. <laughs> now people have to be like, just analyzing what's not on the screen. And, and that... Uh. Thank you, uh, Ryan Tanaka right here. Freaking podcast MVP here. Ryan Tanaka, for, for those of you not watching on Facebook Live, if you're going to wa end up watching this on YouTube or listening to this, Ryan Tanaka just said right here on Facebook Live, I like how they introduced Tom Holland's Spider-Man. They just trusted the audience to know without much explaining. Exactly. How many Spider-Man origins have we seen between films and TV shows and cartoons and comic books? Spider-Man is... That's the comic book Mickey Mouse. Right up there with Superman. Those are, those are our, you know, the Mickey Mouses of freaking the comic books. You, you show someone anywhere in the world, you show them a picture of Spider-Man or you show them a picture of Superman, and they're going to know who that is and what they do. That's why the Russo brothers were trusted with everything. That, that, that's why they got the Avengers movies, because of what they did in Winter Soldier and then Civil War. <laughs> Them and their awesome screenwriting partners, they get it. That, that, that's why those films, Winter Soldier, Civil War, Endgame... <laughs> In Infinity War, those are on a higher echelon of Marvel movies compared to some of the other ones, because those are pieces of cinema. Those are the ones that, like, you can take a critical eye to and be like, oh, you know what? It's still really good. <laughs> I, dare, I dare say, in my opinion, those movies are excellent. And then when I remember watching The Winter Soldier, I'm like, this is not a good comic movie. This is a good movie. Period. No qualifications. Yeah, somebody who yeah anyone could watch that film without watching Captain America one or watching the Avengers and understand what's happening and get invested. That is excellent filmmaking. That isn't like in my opinion. That's an excellent film. See, like to to circle back, Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four. Because I already had pre-installed information of Maxwell Lord and Cheetah and Wonder Woman and all this other stuff. I was able to enjoy the movie, but that, that would be a failing of Wonder Woman 1984. If you didn't have any prior information or, or, a, or a straight up bias, like I probably have a very big bias towards you know, anything DC related, with the exception of anything created by Zack Snyder. But if it's a decent DC movie, I'm going to enjoy it. Aquaman. Another kind of average movie, but I know the lore. I go in there and I'm like, oh, cool. All the stuff that I know is being plastered onto the screen. And it's fun. And I, as long as I'm on a fun ride, that's okay. But there's other films that can... Other filmmakers can elevate something into a piece of art or just go along make a movie, or 
a piece of trash. <laughs> it's, it's, it's all subjective to each viewer. And, and, and that's the core of the thing. It's like some people can watch and, and it's what you take away from watching. And what I took away from Wonder Woman was like, all right, cool. We got another Wonder Woman. Like, I, the, the fact that we got a second one is awesome. And they've already said they're putting out a third one. I'm presuming that's going to happen in the modern era. And uh, I imagine they're going to take the criticism that they got from uh, for, from this movie. And Patty Jenkins is going to take that to heart. And the screenwriting team and everyone. And Warner is going to be like, all right. We dropped the ball on many things. I'm sure they're going to tighten the movie up. I'm sure they're going to be a little less heavy-handed on some things and a little less uh, easy-handed on other stuff. It, it, it's all it's all a process. And to just take a film and just throw it in the garbage, <laughs> it, that, that just, it doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, you, know, you can go back and watch some of the early MCU stuff. It's not as good, but we wouldn't be here without it. You gotta make bad... You, have, you gotta watch some not good movies and some average movies so you can appreciate the really good ones. When you get slapped across the face with a really good movie, you feel it if you've watched a lot of other stuff. It, that's it, it is with any medium. I, I Believe you me. I worked in a comic shop for a dozen years. I read my share of shitty comic books. But when I ran across some good ones, man, they're just so, it's so good when you run into a really good one, a really good book that just grabs you and takes you. You gotta, you have to experience the not so great shit so you can appreciate the really good shit, man. I think it's just the way people just dismiss movies like, oh, don't watch this, don't watch that, don't watch this. No, no, let people experience the bad, and that way they know, oh, I can't trust this filmmaker anymore. <laughs> or, you know what, that one wasn't good. Log it in my memory. It wasn't great. But that's not going to stop me from watching DC movies. Am I going to watch the four-hour Zack Snyder Justice League? I kind of don't want to, but I feel like I should. I want to see the difference. Like, I, I still have this weird hank. Like, I've only seen the the Joss Whedon Frankenstein-ish Justice League once, I'm like, oh, you know what? If it's on HBO Max, I might fire it up and watch it again in a couple of years. I, I remember it wasn't horrible. It wasn't as bad as uh, as BVS, which I watched, I think I've seen that movie three times and it just kept getting worse each time. And I was like, I'm not enjoying this. But that's just me. Uh, a friend of mine who I value his gaming opinion very highly, but he loves that Zack Snyder stuff. But you know what? I'm not holding that against him. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I can't trust this guy's opinion on anything because he likes those Zack Snyder. He loves Man of Steel. He thought Batman vs Superman was amazing. But you know what? That, that's that's their opinion. We 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 overanalyze and then we freaking shun people for like, oh, I like this. It's like the only time you should shun someone is that that they like Nazis. If they like white super, if they like to oppress people, that's where you shun someone for their beliefs. If you think a movie is good, or if you, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Was he right? The way they did Jimmy Olsen, yeah. The Batman Warehouse, yeah, agreed. Yeah, there's some cool stuff that ha the the movies are not total trash, but there's certain like, there's a lot of good pieces in the in those movies. Uh, 
I, I think Zack Snyder should stick to adapting Frank Miller things or or other things. I, I liked 300. Like, when you, you gave him something gritty that's supposed to be gritty and nasty, like three, Frank Miller's 300, oh, that's why everybody thought, oh, Zack Snyder can turn any comic book into a movie. Like, ah. He, he, he. Watchmen was kind of like, all right, that was, I remember the first time I watched, I saw The Watchmen, I'm like, okay, that was incredibly faithful to the book. The book was grimy and dirty and weird. So Zack Snyder, his style kind of worked out for The Watchmen, so he, he succeeded with 300, succeeded with Watchmen, like, hey, let's give him Superman. Symbol of hope. Give him to the guy who likes to grind in the dirt. Nah, you, you, you give him something else. <laughs> you give him maybe, if you had just been just a Batman movie, not Batman versus Superman, maybe the mileage would have been a little bit better on that. But that's just a matter of opinion. What can I say? So, apparently, so let me, let me, I'm going to shift gears here. Apparently, the last three weeks, Something odd has been happening in the stock market. Last week, the most traded stock... Now, normally, Dre, you never talk about the stock market on the show. <laughs> I, I, I'm setting you up here. The most traded stock on the stock market in the past week was GME. GameStop. If, if Rolando, if you're still watching... Uh, yeah, GameStop was the most traded stock on the stock market last week. Many of you, if you're if you're not following this, I'm, I'm following this only because my, my bosses can't stop arguing about it. So we've talked many times on this show about GameStop. I, I served three tours of duty there at GameStop. Rolando, you served a couple. And... Uh, it's insane what's going on. So the reason the GameStop stock has been it has been fluctuating like crazy. Some brokerage firms or investment firms. Uh, there's something in the in the in the industry well, in, in stock market where you can bet against the stock and like oh it's gonna go down. Yeah, you you did five years. You can bet against the stock. It, it'll. Uh, it's going to go down. So a lot of people from Wall Street, they saw, you know, GameStop, they're, they're, they're posting losses. They're, 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 they've been in trouble for a long time. They're publicly traded. So these investment firms say, all right, they were betting against GameStop. They expected that their stock, it's a, at one point, the stock was down to like five bucks or three bucks. So yeah, it was down to like three bucks at a rally back up to five. But all these investors, oh, we're going to kill that stock. So they're all betting against it. Like it's going to go down from five bucks to like, five cents and then they'll make freaking if they buy ten thousand stocks and then they'll make an easy freaking 50 grand right there haha <laughs> we'll kill this company but i guess there's a bunch of there's a on reddit there's a group of day traders well, a lot of them apparently who decided to know we're gonna buy this stock and we're gonna mess with these uh these, these people who are shorting the stock so there has been a war between these brokerage firms, uh, there's, there's a Citron something or other, the, the guy who he kept making declarations, all oh, that company's gonna be out of business. We need to short. Everyone should be shorting this stock. 
And so a bunch of people started shorting it. But then all these Reddit day traders like, nah, fuck that. We're going to buy this stock. We're going to cause a shoot up and make these brokerage firms lose money. So what I learned in the past week is when you short a stock, you're basically borrowing the stock from a, a shareholder and you, and you sell it and you expect to buy it back for them at a cheaper cost. Like, oh, if it's like, oh, if the stock's five bucks, they, oh, well, it's going to drop down to one. We're going to borrow it, sell it. We'll buy it back at one. <laughs> <laughs> and and then they'll keep the difference. Like, oh, we'll keep these four dollars that we made, and here's your dollar back. Of here's your stock back. We keep these four dollars. That only works if the <laughs> if the stock loses money. If the stock gains money, they gotta pay the difference. So, for example, if these people start shorting at five bucks, and right now the GameStop stock is worth about sixty, when their when their bet has to be cashed in, they have to pay. The $55 difference. So if they're buying 10,000 shares, it's trading. Yeah. Basically, IRL trading places is happening right now. Warren, thank you. That You know what? That's a. I, I haven't seen that movie in a very long time. <laughs> so, but, in, but instead of bottoming out, it just keeps going up. <laughs> and it's skyrocketing. Uh, no, but I think that's what happened. Like orange was orange juice was expected to, to plummet, but it didn't. And the, those two white, yeah, seventy six, seventy nine, yeah. At one point today, <laughs> that stock was up to one hundred and sixty dollars, and then everybody started selling like crazy. <laughs> it got up to one sixty and came back down to seventy six. It, uh, it it keeps hovering, it, like it, it keeps ending higher than it did the day before, right? I think overnight trading, it's back up to eighty something. But what's happening right now, there's a bunch of these day traders, as Warren uh, on here has uh, astutely pointed out, they're pulling a trading places on all these freaking brokerage firms. <laughs> and all these brokerage firms are stand to lose millions of dollars. Uh, and the funniest thing is GameStop themselves, they're not seeing a literal red cent of it. Technically, the value of the company has gone from whatever it was before to like $4 billion because the stocks are so valuable. <laughs> but they're not really seeing anything from it. <laughs> it just this, this insane war is happening. And it, as I was like doing research of, on this, as my bosses argued about it on Friday and they continue to argue about it today because I'm pretty sure two of my bosses, they have a standing bet about it. I mean, we have, I mean, our, our company has a vested interest in GameStop's, GameStop's longevity because they buy a lot of games from us. We, were, we, we got in a, a purchase order from them today. We're shipping them off a shitload of games to, to their warehouse in Texas to disseminate to their stores. And, but I, I was very mystified the whole time they, they were discussing this because uh, I was like, wait, I mean, GameStop really hasn't done anything to change their business model. Why is their company worth $4 billion today? Just just cause, because there was a, a, a stock exchange war going on right now. <laughs> and there's like thousands of Reddit investors versus brokerage firms. And right now the, the Reddit dudes are winning. <laughs> the bubble had like, as, as, it's at $76 or even higher. But the company has lost money the last five years running, which 
really causes oh no dang it listen to the audio my video just cut out Facebook just decided to close and I don't know why but if you're listening to the audio well that was the show <laughs> thanks for watching of course this episode <laughs> right when I got really good engagement we lost the episode visually but the audio we're still here um, if you're listening this far make sure you <laughs> follow us on Twitter at your AGP podcast and I follow us on Instagram at your AGP podcast yeah, we'll see you guys next time. Rip.